Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. People are excited by David and Goliath's stories, and, and I'm happy to provide one, honestly. Andy Hunter loves stories. He's the CEO of Bookshop.org, an online bookselling platform that supports independent retailers. If you love something and it is threatened, you have an obligation to defend it. It's no exaggeration to say that books saved my life, and supporting bookstores is a way that I can pay that debt back. While the pandemic has meant doom and gloom for many retailers, particularly small businesses, it's given others an opportunity to thrive. Bookshop.org has earned over $1.6 million for its network of indie bookstores since it launched in January. With so many customers at home and bookstores closed as a result of citywide lockdowns, Andy says sales were decent in February. Then, in March... Suddenly, instead of selling $50,000 worth of books a month, we were selling that in a day. And then we were selling three times that. Now we're selling, um, on May 1st was our best day ever. We sold $197,000 worth of books. Those who order from bookshop.org get their books from an independent bookstore affiliated to the website. Hokessen Bookshelf in Delaware is one of them. We probably would not make it through without bookshop.org. Rebecca Dowling owns a store. With a cozy kids section, author readings, and book groups, it's the kind of place the local community revolves around. Like Andy, she loves books. She loves stories. And both have a unique one to tell about how their individual businesses are navigating the current crisis. We begin with Andy's story. So Andy, welcome to Out of Office. Thank you for having me. I have been talking to a lot of leaders about how they're navigating their businesses through the pandemic. I have to admit you're the first one I'm talking to who's actually got something to be happy about. Yeah. The the great thing about our success is that we're not cashing in on the crisis. We are actually, because we're a B Corporation, bookshop.org, funnels about 75% of our profit margin to independent local bookstores to help them survive. Um, so we, you know, mm-hmm. we allow local bookstores that are small staffs to sell books online. And about 65% of our sales are from those small mom and pop local brick and mortar stores. And a lot of those people are not able to even enter their businesses right now, much less serve their customers. And we've been able to keep them shipping, allow them to keep sending books to their loyal customers and allow their loyal customers to have a means to support them during this time so that they can reopen when it's all over. Um, So while the the upsurge was intense, we're about 4,000% of our order volume that we are at in February now. Um, And we're all working from 5 a.m. until 11 p.m. and still not getting it all done. It, it is really um, rewarding to do something that's helping people right now. 
4,000% of your volume since February? Yes. Yeah. Um, you launched in January, right? You, you launched just a month before that. Exactly. We launched on January 28th. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. It was supposed to be a beta. You know, we, we launched <laughs> a minimum viable product, as you're supposed to do. And we expected to have slow sales and be fixing bugs and making improvements to the platform using real-world customers. Um, instead, what happened is we had a decent February. We sold $50,000 worth of books and raised $10,000 for independent bookstores. And then sometime in the middle of March, we started seeing volume increasing. Suddenly, instead of selling $50,000 worth of books a month, we were selling that in a day. And then we were selling three times wow. that. Now we're selling, um, on May 1st was our best day ever. We sold $197,000 worth of books um, Congratulations. in a single day. So it's been really intense. That's a lot of customers. Um, we're shipping books faster than Amazon is right now. And that's a real benefit to people, our shoppers. Um, but mostly that's driven through just people rallying to support their local businesses and, and to keep those stores in their communities. And so it's really heartwarming to see how during a crisis, communities can rally around um, and help each other out. How did the idea of bookshop.org come to you? I've been feeling like there's a need for an independent and indie-friendly alternative to Amazon for over a decade. I could see that there was going to be um, a time where, where they threatened the overall ecosystem just because they were growing so fast. And as a side note, I don't even think it's to Amazon's benefit if they end up putting every independent bookstore out of the business because I think a world without independent bookstores is a world where people buy and read fewer books. And so in 2018, I sat at a table with a bunch of booksellers, some of whom were on the board of the American Bookseller Association. And I had done a bunch of successful internet projects around books, and they asked if I would help um, with a strategy towards online sales. That's when I really started thinking about it. And I just looked at the two big problems. The big problem, number one, is that most stores were not effectively selling books online. There are exceptions. There are some bookstores that do a wonderful job of selling books online and are very popular. And I wasn't trying to help them, but there's only 150 or 200 of them. And there's a lot of stores that were being left out. So I wanted to give them an opportunity to participate in e-commerce because I didn't feel like they would really have a future if they didn't. The number two problem I wanted to fix was affiliate links. Amazon's affiliate program was paying 4.5% commissions to every website, newspaper, magazine, including probably Bloomberg, that was linking to Amazon for book sales. So if you read about a book online, it's going to have a link to Amazon. Click here. Yeah. yeah. And that publisher gets click here and it takes you to Amazon, right? Yeah. So that creates a funnel that's as wide as the internet that's driving everybody that cares about books and wants to read an author interview or a book review on a website is being driven to Amazon through those affiliate links. And I and those exclude independent bookstores. And they're one of the reasons that um, Amazon has been able to grow so fast. And so I wanted to create an affiliate network that would benefit independent bookstores as well, which is the other big piece of bookshop.org is that any affiliate sale that we make, we give 10% to the referrer. So it's more than twice what Amazon pays. And we give a matching 10% to independent bookstores, which goes into a profit pool, which we distribute to stores every six months. Right now, that profit pool is probably going to be over a million dollars in June. And 
that will be distributed in the form of like strings free grants to all of the bookstores that are participating um twice a year these numbers are staggering i mean how are you how how are you dealing with uh, with these numbers i mean yeah it is it is insane um we're hiring customer <laughs> service people like i'm hiring mostly people who were booksellers that got laid off from bookstores we do have 1200 unread emails in our customer service account right now i'm glad you looked at mine yeah <laughs> it's hard to to scale that fast it's hard to go from getting selling 200 books in a day to selling 10,000 books in a day you said you're shipping books right now at a rate faster than amazon is how do you feel about the constant comparisons between you and amazon the david versus goliath story if you will um i you know i feel pretty good about it honestly anything that gets the word out people are excited by david and goliath stories and and i'm happy to provide one honestly there's you know amazon is an extremely efficient company they're great at capitalism and there are a percentage of consumers that are socially conscious that value a little bit more than the lowest price and the most efficient model um there're people who understand that the money that they spend every single day actually shapes the world that they live in and the world that their children are going to live in in the future and if they don't spend that money in a way that reflects their values they're going to end up living in a world that they don't appreciate that that isn't really conducive to human happiness and human life and you can see that everywhere from um people buying clean energy or people buying local produce and shopping local and all of that so there's a big consumer awakening that's happening that we are tapping into you're obviously really really passionate about this and passionate about books and passionate about helping independent booksellers why is this so important to you personally because it clearly is i guess i would say if you love something and it is threatened um you have an obligation to defend it um books it's no exaggeration to say that books saved my life i had a tough adolescence a tough childhood um which you know many people who love books did and books were how i figured out myself and figured out the world and felt less alone and um became the person that i am and i owe books a great debt and supporting bookstores is a way that i can pay that debt back could you tell us a little bit more about that oh you know uh, you mean about my childhood yeah just about how books helped you through a difficult period yeah well i had you know i had divorced parents and my mother was mentally ill and i lived with her and it's not an easy um it's not an easy way to grow up um with a single mom who is struggling with mental illness and so there were all these like I was not wearing particularly fashionable clothes and you know didn't have a haircut and wearing floods and all these you know off brand sneakers and various reasons that you couldn't really fit in um but you know I loved books and I would just spend hours and hours devouring everything I could possibly read and they not only made me feel less alone but they made me understand the world better in a way that has benefited me my entire life you've talked a lot about the cultural importance of bookstores i'm always on the lookout for a good independent bookstore wherever i go uh, tell me about the importance of bookstores um in a community especially these days yeah i think that it's 
profoundly important. Um, bookstores often pair with their local school districts to do book fairs and to make sure that they're that the children in that community are have access to books and are excited about books. And they're also where authors go when they go on author tours, and that's where authors connect with their their readers. They're also focal points for book clubs, and book clubs are such an essential part of like the reading fabric and what keeps people reading books in their day-to-day lives and keeps the ideas in those books alive is like a spirited conversations and book clubs. And those are often centered around local bookstores. Um, I think that demographically and economically, they also just help revitalize downtowns. There's something about a downtown that has a bookstore in it that just feels healthy and ha- and happy and like a nice place to be. Tell me about the difference you've made to some independent booksellers around the U.S. Yeah, well, we have, at the end of February, we had 250 stores using our platform. That is about 12% of the bookstores in the country. Um, by the end of March, we had 450, and now we have about 650 stores on our platform. So that's about a little bit more than a quarter, 25% of all the stores in the U.S. have presence on Bookshop. That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, it's been really wild. And when any of those stores make a sale, we don't take any of the money. They get 30% of the cover price. And if you take away the discounting and take away the 50% that goes to the publisher and the cost of fulfilling it and payment processing, that's basically the entire profit margin. So because we're B Corp, which is a socially conscious organization for the pub with a mission to serve the public good we just pass those profits along to the stores and it's extremely meaningful to them because they don't have any of the overhead costs that they normally have when they fulfill an order they just get the customer and point them to our website and then the customer receives a book and they get the money in their bank accounts and as a result um a lot of stores have started to rely on bookshop orders to stay in business right now. And every day we get a dozen emails from stores thanking us to for everything that we're doing and explaining that they couldn't stay alive right now or they couldn't keep their employees on payroll right now if it wasn't for the sales that they're getting through bookshops. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. I said to Andy in an email, we probably would not make it through without bookshop.org. We're paying our rent. I'm paying my publisher bills. I am able to cover my staff. I have applied for everything you could apply for um, in terms of assistance, government assistance and local government assistance. But really without bookshop.org, I don't think we would make it to the other side of this. Let's go back to Delaware and to the little bookshop I told you about, this time for Rebecca's story. 
Rebecca, bookstores are amongst my favorite places in the world. Tell me a little bit about your bookshop. My bookshop is called the Hokessen um, Bookshelf. Uh, we are a um, probably one of the smaller um, bookstores in America, um, the United States. Not the smallest. Um, we have <laughs> 826 square sellable feet. And we mm -hmm. do new and used books, and we do um, national and local author events. We do book groups and children's readings and um, all kinds of stuff. And how long has the bookshop been around? The bookshelf has been there since 2002. Oh, quite a while. And so I've owned the store since... Um, 2007. We are proudly a uh, independent bookstore. But let me ask you this, you know, what's it been like to be an indie bookseller in the last 10 years? For example, we have huge giants like Amazon selling books. How difficult has that made your life? Um, you hesitate to answer. <laughs> it hasn't been for me personally, it hasn't been as difficult as one might imagine. And I think it's because of my size. Interesting. Um, so uh -huh. our customers, when they come to us, they're also going to the independent garden center down the street and the organic food market and the independent butcher and the independent hardware store. Our community will go to the coffee shops, rather than going to a large chain of coffee shops. So there's kind of, there's kind of like this really nice, robust, um, independent feel to the town. And it still feels like a small town, but it's doing kind of really great stuff. We're so small, that store and then our community, that we can kind of move and adjust to things. You know, so like if if um, if we're not having a great month for some reason, I don't know, torrential rains, a global pandemic, you know, we can kind of shift gears really quickly because of who we are and what we do. We can move to different models and encourage people to shop in maybe a little bit different way in Delaware, uh, small businesses that were deemed non-essential. Um, which I don't like the word, but we'll go with it, um, are not allowed to do even curbside at this point. So there are a lot of businesses who can do curbside pickup. And then there's a lot of businesses like myself who um, do not have that approval yet. Um, so, you know, we're had to move to shipping and um, moving our customers into ordering in a very different way, which is one of the reasons why... Um, we're here today talking to each other. How has this pandemic affected your business? I mean, is it shutters down uh, at the moment for your, uh, for your bookshop? Well, we went from being open seven days a week with um, myself as the only full-time employee and six part-time employees, and we call everyone booksellers. <laughs> I'm there Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 2, um, kind of doing a deep cleaning and inventory and uh, selling in-store stock. So customers can still come? So it, will, it would be in stock only um, because we did have to put all of our publisher contracts on hold 
So, and we don't have the infrastructure to do a large shipping. I mean, it would have been wild. So we had planned to introduce bookshop.org after Winter Institute. um, And then a month and a half later, we needed a way to sell books immediately. It was just such good timing. Um, The three of us who are actively working now, um, we're just ready to go. Um, So we've done the bulk of our online, all of our online ordering has been through um, Bookshop. By selling through bookshop.org, how has that affected your business? How much has that helped you? I said to Andy in an email, we probably would not make it through without bookshop.org. We're paying our rent. I'm paying my publisher bills. I am able to cover my staff. I have applied for everything you could apply for um, in terms of assistance, government assistance and local government assistance. But really without bookshop.org, I don't think we would make it to the other side of this. So I'm grateful (laughs) to Andy and his staff because I knew immediately that this was perfect for us because we're so small and our staff is so limited that there was no way we didn't have an indie commerce site. We didn't have shopping off of our website. We didn't have we didn't have the infrastructure to do it. We didn't have the staffing to do it. Um, And so before bookshop.org. All of our ordering was was done through the store. Um, you ordered through the store. You picked up at the store. We didn't ship. So it really has been a lifeline. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to I'm glad to hear that. What are customers reading? You see what people are interested in. <laughs> so we have a huge mystery um, readers, psychological thriller readers, um, because we run a mystery book group. And then we also run a a contemporary literature lit kind of um, book group. Um, So we get a lot of like contemporary fiction readers. We get a lot of um, mystery, psychological thrillers. People are ordering things I never would have thought of. But I think it's because they're browsing through and they're like, oh, I'm going to look at that. Um, And we don't necessarily, because of our space, we don't necessarily have that huge browsing range. So I think bookshop.org also kind of does that, allows people to explore outside of, you know, just those limited space in the store. So that's been kind of fun. Have you personally always been passionate about reading? Uh, I'm dyslexic. And I did not read until the sixth grade. And here you are surrounded by books and loving books and in the middle of a thriving book community. Yeah. The first book I read cover to cover was um, Jane Eyre. Really? And nobody believed, my teacher, my English teacher, didn't believe that I read the book and that I didn't watch the movie. And my mother came and defended my honor in school. um, And that says a lot about my personality. That's the best book to start with, isn't it? I agree. I think it's an incredible choice. (laughs) Ever since then, I've been a huge reader. And then I... um, The Jane Eyre pretty much changed the trajectory of your life. Yeah. It's not my favorite book anymore. (laughs) My tastes have changed a tiny bit, but it's, I mean, it's still a solid classic. Um, And how are you holding up amidst all this craziness in the world? How are you doing? 
I'm okay. I, we have a lot of uh, family and friend in the, me- in the medical field. So that's been a tiny bit stressful. And also a reason why I haven't, um, compared to maybe some other businesses, haven't really pushed to open early. Um, I think I should, I think I can do curbside really well and really safely. I think we have to be considerate and being considerate means some hard times for all of us. So I always say to people when they ask me, I was like, I have to be worried about the health of my customers because without my customers, I have no business. What's your biggest learning been with your business hat on? Um, The biggest learning of this pandemic business-wise, what's that been for you? That our customers are there for us. It's been, um, see, I'm going to cry now. Um, every, Every gift certificate that somebody buys, I cry. Every time, every time I, I go on bookshop.org every morning to check, to see, you know, <laughs> what our numbers are, because they kind of don't believe them. Um, and I, and I see who's, you know, I see who's buying books and I see what books they're buying. And it's people who are shopping every day. Um, it's people who shop our store, you know, and do the book groups and stock up for their kids. And um, they're there for you. And they're all there. Yeah. And it's been, um, it's been really, really kind of beautiful. Um, Like a silver lining, right? That was Rebecca Dowling and Andy Hunter, two book lovers talking about the unexpected upside of the pandemic. I hope you enjoyed this chat. I'll be back next week with another episode of Out of Office. Meanwhile, do check us out on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts and on Bloomberg. You'll find many other conversations with global business leaders there. This episode was produced by Laura Carlson. I'm your host, Malika Kapoor. Stay well, stay safe, and I'll connect with you next week. Thank you for listening. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.